You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you from Santa Barbara, California. Sort of opening up around here. Still, you know, people walk around in masks, of course, but it, restaurants are starting to open. Starting to seem a little bit more normal, but boy, it is getting old, isn't it? I'll tell you what. Uh, listen, before we start with the content of today's show, I do want to point out that there is a website called wealthformula.com that is the home base for Wealth Formula Podcast. This is where you'll get a bunch of the resources, including, by the way, the video for this week's uh, podcast if you want to watch it on the video version. Some of you are doing YouTube anyway, but um, if you're listening to this right now and want to get the replay of the video part, uh, go to wealthformula.com and uh, look, look for the uh, link there. As for today's show, you know, in, in the, um, you know, in our last Wealth Formula Network video conference, and I should point out Wealth Formula Network is our private community, which you can check out for yourself if you'd like at wealthformularoadmap.com. It starts with a course and then it moves into this community and the Facebook and also um, via biweekly video conference um, meetings. Um, but anyway, there's a common question uh, that came up again, and I think it's one that pretty much all of us uh, have at this point, which is, well, if the economy's in the tank or headed in the tank, why does the stock market seem to be so tone deaf to what's going on? I mean, absolutely. I, I, I Listen, it's the elephant in the room, right? Well, I'll tell you, I, I don't claim to know the answer to that, but let me give you my two cents. Let me give you my armchair economist look at this. And that is that First, you know, fiscal and monetary policy are in full force. The Federal Reserve has been printing full time. Those presses are, you know, they are on all night long, every day, uh, full time. Uh, and they have been cranking out that money. Um, and uh, in the meantime, we've added a, a trillion dollars to the debt, to the national debt in just the last couple of months. Uh, the Federal Reserve has shown willingness to uh, not only print and and you know do uh, buy bonds and and QE, but has also shown willingness to buy high yield corporate bonds uh, in in the form of ETFs. Now these are of course also known as junk bonds. Literally, uh, by doing this, picking uh, winners and losers. And if they're willing to buy junk bonds, what's keeping them from buying S and P five hundred ETFs? That's the question. And well, some of you will listen to that and say, well, of course, there's one thing that prevents them from doing that, which is the law. Well, that may be true uh, at this point, but to me, that seems like a formality because if the ship starts sinking again, it, it seems not unlikely for this to occur, right? So if you're managing client money and you're moving a lot of money through the market, you know, because, because that's part of what's moving the market is, you know, the confidence of money managers, et cetera. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, listen, if you missed a 40% recovery that came from the big dip in March, you might have gotten fired by now. I mean, if you got out of the market, you look kind of silly right now because we're back up 40%, uh, even though we had a little bit of slide today. But Instead, you know, rather than, rather than, you know, uh, taking any chances, it might make more sense to just follow the money, so to speak. 
And that money is the money that is being printed by the Federal Reserve or the money in the form of junk bonds that are being bought by the Federal Reserve. Uh, to me, frankly, this is where it's at. This is why stocks uh, are doing as well as they are. I also think that a lot of people, frankly, even in the institutional money management space, really are not in touch with what's going on in the economy and they still expect this V-shaped recovery. Now, you know, to say the least, the economy has significant challenges ahead, right? No one doubts that. However, remember that a crisis often brings opportunities and frankly, these are the types of times when, you know, wealth is transferred the most significantly. People get rich, people get poor, and you want to try to make sure that you are on the receiving end of that. And as part of its arsenal, the government has provided substantial support to small business uh, and by, um, by also by changing the tax code. So it is really imperative that you know the changes uh, that are going on. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, listen, I'm not a small business owner, so this is not really uh, relevant to me. But I'll tell you what, understanding what's going on on the ground will help you much better understand the realities of the economy and not be just fooled by, you know, some sort of phantom Dow Jones Industrial Average is continuing to rise. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to go on the limb and say, oh, you know, we're the stock market's going to crash. Maybe this will be some sort of new normal where the stock market continues to go up regardless of what happens in the real economy. But listen, I wouldn't take those chances myself. But anyway, the bottom line is understanding what's really happening in, uh, on the ground in the economy will really help you make some reasonable decisions. And for that reason, I've asked my friend Tom Wheelwright, who's my CPA, um, who is a sort of a, uh, a very, very smart guy, uh, to join us again on this week's podcast to explain the most recent updates uh, to the tax code that happened last week. As you recall, P Tom did a webinar and he was on the show just a couple weeks ago. But since then, uh, there is there are new laws and they've been updated. And um, so what he's going to do when we come back is he's going to tell us exactly what is new, what has changed, and he's also going to tell us what he's seeing on the ground as most of his clients are small business people, so you can get a dose of reality there as well. So when we come back, Tom Wheelwright. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Well Formula Podcast, well, he is very well known to our group. He is uh, my CPA, Tom Wheelwright. He is also, uh, you know, I guess you would, I mean, qualify as a celebrity CPA, Tom. I mean, tax-free wealth, you know, rich dad advisor to Robert Kiyosaki, just a, just a guy who can really explain the stuff and who knows the law better than anybody else. And we've had some changes recently, so we've got him back on because these are incredibly important issues. Tom, again, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Buck. Always good to be with your group. You know, a number of uh, members of your group are clients of ours, and uh, so we we love your members. We love the people who are watching you and love what you're doing um, in the financial education area. Yeah, and I should point out, you know, from the standpoint of this particular podcast, Tom is also doing this as a 
um, video as well. So what we'll do is we'll post the video. I mean, you can always see it on YouTube as well if you're following us there, but we'll put it on the website as well. But if you're listening in the car, like I know a lot of you do, um, though, you know, you can go back and, and, and watch this as well. But Tom, so, you know, you, you did a webinar literally just a couple of weeks ago for us that, you know, was really helpful on the latest tax legislation. And then just like that, we already have some significant changes, you know, some very much for the better. Do you want to give us an update on that? I do. And, and that, that's, you know, why we decided to do this, of course, is yeah. that the big, the big changes, there were two big changes. The primary change is this, our, our favorite, um, <laughs> our favorite program right now is the yeah. PPP loan, right? Yeah. And then we had, we had one other change that I want to get to, but let's talk about the PPP loan changes first because... Well, um, well um, before you actually talk about the changes, can you just give a two-minute, you know, summary of what this PPP loan sure. meant to do? Sure. Just sure. So, uh, it's, it's called the Paycheck Protection Program, and it's a loan that small businesses <laughs> under, that normally under 500 employees, although there are exceptions to that rule... Normally, under 500 employees can get a loan of up to $10 million from the, um, through the SBA from, from their bank that is backed by the SBA. So, it's a bank loan serviced by your bank. It is backed by the SBA, okay? And, mm -hmm. and the qualifications, as you know, Buck, they're really simple, uh, pretty mm -hmm. much a pulse, right? <laughs> Everybody qualifies, even though, even though the SBA threatened people and Treasury threatened people, which is probably one of the worst policy um, comments I've seen in recent years. Um, the reality is, is that the law is very clear that um, there's no requirement. Frankly, there's no requirement you're damaged. Now, what the Treasury said was, is that, look, if you can get capital other places, you shouldn't be availing yourself of these loans. So uh, for a small business, that's a, a true small business, that's everybody, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, second of all, there's a requirement for how you use the, the loan. And you can really only use it for three things. You can use it for payroll, you can use it for, and, and payroll includes um, things like um, uh, contributions to 401k plans for your employees and includes uh, things like health insurance. Okay. So that's payroll. Uh, then it also includes rent and mortgage interest and includes utilities. Okay. So those are pretty much the three things. What the original um, CARES Act said was, look, you have eight weeks from the time you use the loan. So you had eight weeks And the eight-week rule was from the time you received the money until um, to, to use the money, okay? You had eight weeks to use the money. The, the challenge, of course, is that there were a whole slew of businesses that weren't able to use the money either because um, the government wasn't allowing them to open or because they couldn't hire employees because the employees would rather be on unemployment because the unemployment was so good. Yeah. So... <laughs> the, yeah. Congress came back and said, okay, what we'll do is instead of eight weeks, we'll make it 24 weeks. Mm -hmm. And 24 weeks is significant because the, the reality is, is that it, the, the amount of the loan was based on two and a half months of average payroll. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Well, so two and a half months, that's approximately 10 or 11 weeks and you've got 24 weeks to use it. You've pretty much got to be just about out of business to not be able to use this. So you're really probably going to be able to use all of it and not have to pay any of it back. However, there were a couple of other changes. One of the curious (laughs) rules that uh, the SBA came out with was this so-called 75-25 rule. And in the 75-25 rule, the SBA said you have to use it 75% for payroll and you can only use 25% of it for utilities, rent, and mortgage. That was the original. That was the original. That was the original. Well, it's actually not the original, okay? In the original bill, there was no mention of how it was supposed to be used except for those three things, right? Mm -hmm. There was no 75-25 rule. This came in a regulation from the Small Business Administration. So then what Congress did this time is they said, well, we're gonna change that and we're gonna make it 60-40, all right? We're gonna make it 60-40. So 60% has to be used for payroll. One of the concerns with which the, with the way this new law was written, this revised law, it was a, a revision pretty much just revised as of the effective date of the CARES Act, right? So mm-hmm. for most of it. So one of the curious parts of this is it appears in the law to be a cliff rule, meaning if you don't use at least 60% of it for payroll, you don't get it at all, the forgiveness. Right. Treasury and SBA have since come out and said, no, we're going to issue new regulations. And the intent is it's the 60-40 rule will apply just the way the 75-25 rule. So it'd just be, it'd just be a proportionate reduction. It wouldn't be an entire disallowance. Right. right. So, right. I mean, basically, you know, if, if you went off of that, if you weren't exactly at 60%, maybe you used, you know, 50%, then you just have a new baseline. Um, for forgiveness. Know, right. For forgiveness. Right. So, so if, if you use 50%, you know, if, if it was a, you know, 50, 50, then, you know, you might lose, some, you're going to lose some percentage of the forgiveness. Now, yeah. the other thing they did though, is they extended the deferral. So, you know, if you do have any that you haven't used up, you've got uh, under the original rule, you had six months before you had to start paying under this rule, you have 10 months. However, you don't have to start repaying it until your 24 weeks is up. Okay. And there, so if you you're 24 weeks, it, so, so 24 weeks, by the way, it's the early of, earlier of 24 weeks or December 31st. So I don't know why that would even be in there because, <laughs> yeah, because you have to get uh, uh, reasonably, you, you really have to get this loan by the end of June. Yeah. So um, the, the good news is there's still money out there. In fact, they're talking about repurposing it. And so because of that, I mean, there's like a hundred billion dollars still sitting out there. So if you have not gotten this loan, now here's something I'd really like to emphasize, but I have had people tell me, clients tell me, oh, I'm not sure I should take this money and, you know, are they going to come after me? And we're talking about like even a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Should I, should I give it back? And I'm going, you know what, here's the, here's the challenge. And this is the challenge I had with the whole policy in the first place, right? Where Hmm. we're going to put you in prison if you, you know, if you, if you really didn't need it. Right. That, first of all, if you're under 2 million, that's absolutely not going to happen. Um, it appears uh, they're not even going to question it. They're not going to audit it. Mm-hmm. And second of all, even if you're over $2 million, 
look, you have to, they would have to prove that you had easy access to capital otherwise, other than here. And how do we even know yet? Yeah. The, the challenge is we're seeing, like I'm in Arizona, we're seeing, a, a, we're seeing more cases of COVID-19 than we did when, when we, before, when we were shut down. So we're actually having this huge influx. Our hospitals are concerned about being out of beds. Okay, so this is, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen. You saw in the market today, you saw this huge drop in the stock market. Why do you see that huge stock drop in the stock market? Because there's this resurgence of COVID-19 cases and they're very concerned that, you know, we're gonna have to, businesses are gonna have to close down again. Um, where, where even if the government doesn't shut them down, the reality is if this thing gets really bad, um, worse than it is now, then you're going to see just people hesitant to go out. Um, I know my wife and I, as an example, we're high at risk. And so we're very hesitant to go. We, we would never go out to dinner in a restaurant ever yeah. right now. So, uh, you know, you're going to see some challenges. And so that's why I say anytime you can get cash and have cash available. If you want to pay this back a year from now, pay it back. That's fine. You, you don't want forgiveness. You say, you know what? I don't need forgiveness. I'm not going to take that government money. Have it available. It's like having a line of credit. I mean, why would you not want a line of credit? Which actually um, brings me, that I, I want to talk if we can, Buck, we have time. Yeah, I'd we like to talk about the two other loan packages yes. that are available. Um, you know, once we get through the PPP here, because sure. I, I, this idea of I don't need the money because my business is doing well, is premature right it's completely premature we don't know what's going to happen yep we think the world already fell apart i don't think we've even seen uh, the, the surface scratched on how the world's going to fall apart yeah I, I really don't because between the protests the, the 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 um the looting the violence um you know all of what's going on in in the world particularly in the united united states i think we're going to have some severe distress in the third and fourth quarter mm -hmm. of this year. So can we, can we go to one more piece of the, this yeah, 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 yeah. No rush at all. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the, um, so this is the big one, right? This is why they did it. But there's another one that people don't really know about. Wait, and that's, another, um, before you leave, you're not, are you leaving the PPP now? Well, sort of. Yes. Cause I have a question on that. Go ahead. <laughs> there was one, there was one, part that I know got a, a lot of people on social media were talking about, um, which I'm wondering if has changed. It's the uh, deductibility of payroll. Oh, yeah. So that has not changed yet. So, uh, but let me explain why it probably will change. Okay? Maybe explain what, what I'm talking about first. Yeah, so here's, so <laughs> I, 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 I'm always saying Congress giveth and the IRS taketh away. Right. And that's pretty much what we have going on here. What happened was in the CARES Act, the forgiveness, so forgiveness of a debt would normally be taxable income, right? All income's taxable unless the government says it isn't. Well, the government in this case said it isn't. Yeah. So here's a specific example where the government in, in the law, in the legislation said, the forgiveness of this loan, you get a $2 million loan, that $2 million is not taxable. The IRS, in its infinite wisdom, decided that if this is not taxable, 
then that means that the payroll, the utilities and the interest that allow it to be forgivable are not deductible. Now, of course, if you can't deduct the expenses, the net effect of that is making the income taxable. Right. So it's eliminating the benefit of being non-taxable because you're not getting the deduction. So what's the point? So um, in, the, um, in the HEROES Act, which is the proposed legislation by the House of Representatives, in their legislation, their next stimulus bill, mm-hmm. they propose um, giving back that deductibility, okay? Making it very specific. The, the reason the IRS didn't want to do that is because there's a lot of non-taxable income. And, and the general rule is if you have an expense that creates non-taxable income, you don't get to deduct the expense. Right. Okay. So that's a general rule. They didn't want that. They don't want, they didn't want their application here kind of spoiling the whole basket. Yeah. Right? Cause it, I mean, I know business owners who are holding onto their money because they don't want to be taxed on it. And, and right. You know, Right, so, right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Because, yeah. because, because you're going, wait a minute, if I have to hold out 40% or 50%, California, you're talking about 50%, yeah. 50% tax here. So you don't really have a $2 million loan. You have a $1 million loan. Right. Right. So um, because it, now the, the Senate, Republican controlled Senate has pretty much said, yeah, the HEROES Act is just a pipe dream. However, one of the things to notice in any, any t- I always read proposed legislation. And the reason is that if, if there's something in the proposed legislation that the other side wants, it's yeah. going to end up in the final legislation. And this is something the Republican Senate wants. Okay. Everybody wants this. The only reason I believe that it wasn't put in here into this, the, this, this revision um, was because it was already in the Heroes Act. Okay, so I expect fully expect that to come through. Uh, uh, Mnuchin said today that we're going to get at least a trillion dollars of stimulus um, in the next package, which, by the way, has to happen by the end of June because of the unemployment running out. Okay, the first part of July. Right. So you, you have to do this next stimulus package within the next several weeks. Otherwise, the Frankly, you've got social unrest that's fairly significant that um, could be the result of people not having money in their pocket, right? If you can't eat, what do you do? You go, you, you get it somewhere, yep. right? So that's, that's a real, real issue that the government is focused on. So I expect that stimulus package to happen in the next several weeks. The, the taxability issue should be solved. We don't know for sure, but Treasury said it should, they, they want it solved frankly, they could solve it themselves, but (laughs) you know, they want to solve The reason they want Congress to solve it again is because they're worried if they solve it, then it will apply to a lot of other things besides just the PPP. Got it. Now, uh, any other questions on PPP? No, no, I think that's good. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next. So let's go to this. There's another piece that nobody's talked about in this particular legislation. This was the correction to the PPP. Some of you might recall that in the original CARES Act, you could defer 50% of the employment taxes from payroll, which is basically the employer's share, okay? You could defer paying that over until the end of the year, okay? Unless you had a PPP loan. What this legislation did was eliminate that requirement. 
So you can have a PPP loan and still defer your payroll taxes. Mm -hmm. So again, I would urge people, think about your cash position, right? Business is all about cash flow. And think about your cash position. And you're not paying interest, you're not paying penalties. Now, would I set that money aside? Absolutely. I would only use it if I absolutely had to, because I, I know that I'm going to owe it on December 31st. Yeah. Okay. But let's for sure make sure that whatever cash we can set aside, we set aside. So this is a actually significant benefit if you have um, lots of employees, because you're talking about basically um, seven and a half percent, right, of your payroll. So if, if you only have a hundred thousand dollars of payroll, you know, twice a month, right? That's still half of that. So it'd be $7,500 a month. And you times that by six or seven, you know, you're getting into some money that you could. But that's, but that's just a deferral. Right? It's I mean, just a deferral. It's just it. a postponement. It's just like, it's like having a, oh my heavens, the world's falling apart. I need cash. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, frankly, there's other things I do first before using, before using that money. Like I would be laying off employees, frankly, yeah. before yeah. I use that money. But I want you to know it's there because that was a change in that law. Okay. Yeah. So that is a possibility. So two other loans that I think, and you're, I know you're really familiar with at least one of them, Buck, I think people should pay attention to. And not discussed, hardly discussed at all. The first one is the EIDL loan, Emergency Injury Disaster Loan, okay? Now, this is really interesting. Um, I know a lot of people applied for a grant, okay? And the grant was, uh, the way the SBA administered that was $1,000 per employee, but not, not more than 10,000, okay? That's how they applied that grant. So if you had eight employees, you got $8,000. If you had 80 employees, you got $10,000, right? So that was that grant. Now that grant, if you did not have a PPP loan, it's just that, it's a grant, okay? So you, you, you don't have to worry about paying it back at all. If you had a PPP loan, that grant reduces the amount forgiven under the PPP. It's still not, you still don't have to pay it back under the EIDL loan, you're paying it back now under the PPP loan. Okay, I know that's confusing, but that's why you sit down with your CPA and walk through these numbers with them. Right. Uh, I mean, the CPA, your CPA is like your best friend right now. CPA and banker, two best friends right now in the uh, financial world. What I found, and Buck, uh, I, I don't know if you want to uh, speak to this, but what, I, what, in, what your experience has been, the people you've talked to, but I'm finding that the, um, if you applied for the grant, the SBA is routinely giving out the loans. And they're, they're offering loans. And um, <laughs> so you, you applied for the grant and not only did you get the grant, but you're going to get a loan. Well, you know, it's interesting in our case, uh, and I don't know if you've noticed any of this, Tom, um, my friends in California who have businesses are getting their EIDLs. And um, in Illinois, my business friends, none of us have gotten our EIDL yet. Interesting. See, because I've gotten I, I've gotten the ones for my business. Yeah, but they're 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 done. 
Um, be careful. By the way, anytime you sign a loan, make yeah. sure you read the loan provisions. There's actually one provision in this loan that I'm checking out. And here's what it appears to say. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm not a lawyer. That's why I've got, that's why I'm getting it checked out. What it appears to say is that if you have this loan until you pay it back, you have to apply to the SBA if you ever take money out of your company. Mm. Okay. That you have to actually ask the SBA for permission to distribute money from your company. So that's a really onerous provision. And frankly, if that's the way it ends up, I'm going to say no, right, to, to this loan because I'm not going to ask the SBA every time I want to take money out of my own yeah. company. That's crazy. Like, I'm okay if it says I mean, it's I can't just a loan anyway. Why I'm they okay with not distributing this money. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay not distributing this money. I'm yeah. just not okay. And and this does have very specific uses. Okay. You do have to use it for damage caused by the pandemic. Okay. Sure. You can't use it for anything, right? But you can use it for PPE, right? I mean, a lot of people are having to buy masks and stuff like that, and you can use it for that. You can use it for equipment that you need to buy. You, you know, if you need to buy some, some, um, something for your office to, or, or you need to pay for somebody to come in and clean your office, you can use it for that. So right. there's a lot of things you can use it for. You just can't use it. You couldn't take this money and go invest in real estate. Okay. That, that you can't do. So that's actually a, a, a pretty big number because for a lot of small businesses, you know, they, what they looked at was under, it's up to, it's really a, they'll give up to 2 million, but in the law, it's up to 200,000. There's, there's really no checking anything other than are you, are you a real business? Yeah. So um, it's really a nice program if, um, if you're okay with what the loan says. It's a 30 year loan at 3.75%, yeah. and you've got a deferral period of a year on it. So yeah. it's, a, it's a sweet loan. I just wish I could get that. <laughs> It'll come. It'll come, Buck. It'll yeah. come. Yeah. Okay. The other loan. is called the Main Street Funding. Okay. It was originally intended, and this is a loan, not from the SBA, not through the SBA, but from the Federal Reserve. It's actually backed by the Federal Reserve. What's gonna happen is the Federal Reserve has set aside $600 billion, which is as much as they set aside, as Treasury set aside for the PPP, okay? $600 billion, and what the Fed's gonna do is, they're gonna go buy these loans from the bank. So it's gonna go on the Fed's balance sheet. So the Fed's taking all the risk, which of course the Fed has no risk because it has no, no responsibility toward anybody, to anybody, right? So it can just buy loans. It's just printing money yeah. at that point, yeah. right? So it's just printing money. But it was originally intended for those businesses that did not qualify for the PPP loan. However, it has been expanded because nobody was taking it on. They were too worried about the restrictions. So they're loosening restrictions. They're, they're changing this program. And this is some pretty serious funding and I would strongly suggest if you have any concerns about your cash flow, that this is a loan you ought to be talking to your bank about. Should I be applying for this Main Street loan? Would I qualify for this Main Street loan? Will you lend me the money? Now, here's what I've learned. I learned this the hard way. Mm. 
A small local bank is always your best bet. Always. The big banks, you know, with a PPP loan, they were like, oh, we'll take you if you're Starbucks. And then, you know, if, if you're Starbucks, then the, the SBA came and said, no, if you're Starbucks, you can't do this because you're a big company. And, you know, so it, it, it was bad with the big, big banks, but the small local regional banks, I have, I, I, I know people that um, they got their loans, their PPP loans within a week. And the very first week that the program was out there, they got their loan. So if you, I, I, here's what I would suggest. This is just coming on. What right are the now. terms on that, Tom? The, the Main Street? I, I, I don't know all the terms of it. Mm. Uh, I, I do suspect though that they're similar to the EIDL loan. Okay. It's going to be, it's a little bit going to be dependent on the bank because they do have a little bit of risk where, um, and the, in that $200,000 EIDL loan, the bank has zero risk. They have about, I think they have a risk of 5% on the main street. So they have a little risk. So, you know, the, the interest rates aren't going to be necessarily the same all the time. Your terms aren't going to be exact. Same, I, I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. They keep changing the rules, Buck. And I'll tell you what, um, if you'd like, once the rules are fixed, we can come back and have a whole discussion sure. uh, about the Main Street uh, funding. Uh, my point about this fund is there's been a lot of disconnect with it, a lot of confusion. They're, they're ironing it all out. So it's really not gone anywhere. So mm -hmm. we have $600 billion sitting there. Well, what, what I think is going to happen is that they're going to get that ironed out. And then there's going to, when, when we get this, this new push of the pandemic, there's going to be a rush for it. So, yeah. you know, it's, as, as you know, um, but the, the old adage is the bank will only, only lend you money when you don't need it. Right. Right. If you don't need it now, now's the time to get it. Yep. Now's the time to get it. You have good credit still. Your, your customers are still paying you or your tenants are still paying you, whatever it is. Now's the time to get this. This is not just for employees. So unlike the PPP loan that is specific for employees or the EIDL loan that has really super restrictions, this one, I think they're going to open it up to be a little broader in the usage. So we don't know exactly what that is quite yet. Got it. Anything else on the, uh, on the laws and the changes? Well, those are the three big loans. Got it. Okay. So we got the PPP, the EIDL and the main street. Remember there's, there's still the, there, you still have the standard SBA loans. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, you can get a standard SBA loan, a 7A loan. You can get a, an emergency, um, a, a um, small, what they call a small loan. Um, SBA loan, that's up to a million dollars. That has a lot less restrictions on it. You don't have to um, collateralize your, your house and your mother. Okay. Um, th that's actually a reasonable loan document, that, that mm -hmm. million dollar loan. So there are lots of funding opportunities. And I guess the, the point here is, is take advantage of the funding opportunities. Um, if you decide down the road a year from now, you don't need it, just pay it all back. Sure. I've not seen any provisions in any of these loans where there's a prepayment penalty. Yeah. So take the money, pay interest for a year or not, depending on the deferral period. And then, you know, if you don't need it, then pay it back. Um, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, um, you know, because you're, you know, you're, you have, uh, in addition to all the knowledge on the, the tax side, 
Um, I mean, your clients, you have a really good on the ground perspective of what's going on with small business. And when you look at, you mentioned the stock market dipped a little bit, but it had also recovered about 40% since it's March lows. Um, what does a real world look like right now in terms of, uh, you know, business people that you're, look, that you're talking to? You know, a lot of it depends on your industry mm-hmm. and your location. Yeah. So, you know, if you're on the East Coast, you're probably struggling, right? East Coast, um, particularly uh, Northeast, is, you know, they're still, they're reeling from 30,000 deaths in New York, right? That they're, they're reeling from that. And so they're very, very cautious. We have, we have um, members of our CPA network in Connecticut, New York, and what they report is everybody wears a mask, everybody does social distancing, everybody's cautious. Um, they're very, very careful. <laughs> Contrast that with Arizona. You go, to, you, you go out for a walk in, Scott, in Scottsdale, Arizona, the bars are packed, the um, restaurants are packed, there's no social distancing and almost no masks, okay? So you're taking your life in your hands, but the businesses are open, which right. is why we're, you know, we see, we're seeing this huge uh, influx of cases. Um, but I think that's what's going on. The other part of it is, here's um, what's really interesting to me is I'm a member of a, of a group of entrepreneurs that primarily they're e-commerce entrepreneurs and they're reporting a booming business. Sure. I mean, they've never made so many, Um, you know, from my friend, Andy Tanner, who, who who sells stock market training um, to, you know, to my friends down in Austin who sell different kinds of uh, e-commerce, you know, anything, anything that's being sold on Amazon, it's booming. Right. Sure. So e-commerce is one of those areas. Anytime we have a crisis like this and we have a shift in the economy, we have to look at where is it shifting toward. Right. I didn't right. tell you, Buck. I mean, you were gracious enough to speak at our CPA conference um, uh, just a week or two ago. And we had twice as many people as we expected. And yeah. a lot of that's because we were doing it virtually. Right. Sure. Sure. Uh, I'm finding on my own webinars that the attendance is double what it used to be. So I, I think that we're finding certain segments of the economy that are doing better. And of course, the, the, the sticks and the, the bricks and mortar, the other one's really struggling. It's yeah. really the bricks and mortar. I even, I, I, let me give you a, a, an interesting example of a, a client that owns a microbrewery and um, in Georgia. And Georgia, of course, is one of the first ones to open, right? And, uh, but in April, Georgia was closed like everybody else. Um, they did fine yeah. in April. And the reason they did is because one of their goals was to be able to sell it in, in bottles. So sure. they bottled it. So all they did was they just stepped up their bottling. Whereas mm-hmm. I know um, restaurant owners here in Phoenix where they sold it on tap and that's what they sold. Well, they were practically giving it away because they had so much beer that was just sitting there and you know, beer goes flat. So, you know, that doesn't keep forever. So they were really concerned about it. Whereas my client in the microbrewery, because they'd made that one little shift to be able to bottle it and they do their own bottling, they were able to bottle it and, and, and they had a, they had a, a carry out window and drive up carry out window and they were able to do that. So, you know, those businesses that are adapting, man, it's just amazing how well they're doing. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. It makes me think, Tom, too, and from the standpoint of what I'm hearing about from investors uh, and their how how things are performing for them. I mean, people who are invested in uh, real estate in office and retail are getting killed. Even people who are doing class A or new construction multifamily um, are not doing nearly as well as like working class, you know, because working class, I mean, shoot, with the unemployment right now, if they're unemployed, they're making more money than they did when they uh, when they were employed. So, that, you know, so those assets seem to be performing really, really well, oddly enough. So there is this kind of uh, winners and losers scenario going on with this thing. Um, one last question for you, though, uh, which is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, you, you talked about how the IRS kind of get sticky hands and, and tries to you know, get their peace and all of this. Um, do you foresee any additional legislation um, this year to potentially try to recover some of the lost revenues um, from the more affluent? For example, you know, uh, stronger restrictions on perceived tax shelters, you know, like conservation easements and things like that. Do you, do you see crackdowns or do you see anything like that on the horizon? What do you think? I think the crackdowns are going to come directly from the IRS. We're already seeing it. You know, um, anybody who has a, a small captive got a nasty gram from the IRS in March, um, just as the pandemic was hitting its stride. Um, totally unethical letter, but nevertheless, because you're the IRS, you can send out whatever you want. And um, so, you know, we did see that. And basically they said, if you have, if you, um, don't give up your deduction, your legitimate deduction, we're going to come out at you. And we're going to basically 800 pound gorilla sitting on your head, right? So that was their message in that. We had a notice last uh, fall that uh, they were looking at auditing the owners of a conservation easement. The owners, not, 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 not the I mean, the, the, the partner, not, not, not the, not the partnership, which is where the valuation was done, where the, everything came in, but the actual partners in it, um, who really had nothing to do with that valuation, only deciding that I'm going to make this. I mean, are they, are, is that like, I mean, how could they even do that? Isn't that, is that kind of like a, well, they can audit you. So here's well, I, I, I think I figured out where this notice, what they're thinking from the notice. Well, it's scary speculation. But it's speculation based on 40 years of experience. Right. So my speculation is that they're concerned they don't know about them. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a form, like an, there's this form where you have to disclose this type of a, an investment that basically it has some tax shelter aspects to it called yeah. the form 8886. And I think they're quite concerned that a lot of people are not reporting on that form. And if you don't use that form, by the way, you have huge penalties if they catch you, right? So you have to disclose this. And I, I actually think that's what they were getting at, they, okay. they were getting after um, with that letter from uh, the IRS in March was, look, you need to disclose this. And if you don't disclose it, we're going to audit you, right. okay, because we want to make sure you've got it. Well, they already know you have it if you've got an 8886, right? So there's been no reason for them to audit you if they look at your 8886 and in a conservation easement and also your 8283, which is the charitable portion of that. And they see that it's proper. Okay. That may be the only audit you get. And, and it may just be a correspondence audit. You might just get a letter. Yeah. Right. So I, 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 
I think that the IRS is absolutely going to step up its, um, its audits. Okay, it's got more money. You know, it was given more money um, uh, a, a couple of times in the last couple of years. It's gotten, you know, increases in funding. And so I do think we're going to see um, more examinations, um, you know, more aggressive behavior from that standpoint. Um, but the reality is, is that you should never be taking a position that you're not comfortable defending. Yeah. And you should, if, if you have a CPA who's not comfortable defending you, you need a new CPA. So. Yeah. And that brings me ultimately to, you know, where we'll leave it, which is, listen, folks, there are lots of, uh, there's a lot of information here. There's also lots of, um, you know, even what we're talking about with captives and uh, some of these other things. Uh, if you're in, in good hands, I mean, you can feel a lot more comfortable you know, if your CPA is comfortable with things that, and feels like, you know, you're not doing anything wrong, you can do more stuff than with somebody who's scared and just says, I don't know what that is. And, um, you know, and you can't do that. And, you know, all that stuff, which, which everybody hears all the time. So I, I want to encourage people, we have a lot of our listeners who are already um, working with CPAs in the WealthAbility Network, which is Tom's network. Again, that's wealthability.com. Tom, uh, anything else to add? Yeah, so we, we actually call this the sleep at night test. Yeah. Okay, if, if you're not sleeping at night because of something to do with your taxes, then please call us and whatever we can do for you. Even if it's not matching you up, even if, even if your situation doesn't call for what we're doing, we'll still help you any way we can. So we're just happy to, um, we think this is the time to really be, rendering service and really, you know, from an educational standpoint and anything we can do, we'd, we'd like to do that. But do make sure what, what I've learned, number one thing I've learned out of this whole crisis is it's all about your team, right? As Kiyosaki's always saying, uh, business is a team sport, investing is a team sport. And when you have a good team, it's like, you know, whether it's, whether it's investing in multifamily housing, uh, there are there are syndicators struggling right now because they didn't, they, yeah. they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't do a good job and they're going to be struggling even more once that uh, unemployment check goes away. Right. So th this is a time when having the right people on your team is probably more important than what you know is who you know. That's right. Tom, I want to thank you again for being on Wealth Formula Podcast. As always, uh, is a pleasure, my good friend, Tom Wheelwright. Always my pleasure. Thanks, Buck. You're right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you enjoy that. Tom is a very, very smart guy. And uh, I just want to reiterate that, you know, hopefully, even if you're not a business person, uh, you know, business owner, that you are listening uh, closely to this stuff, because I think it's very difficult um, you know, if, if you're not involved with, you know, having employees, you know, looking for customers and all that kind of stuff to really understand the implications of what's going on. So the tax laws obviously are, you know, always trying to create incentives for the economy. So when you, when you see what the government is doing, you can get a sense for what is uh, reality in the economy rather than just looking at uh, the, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average going up every day. Uh, well, that is it for me this week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this show. This is Buck Joffrey with Wealth Formula Podcast signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. 
Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time.